0: Christie Podcast brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas.
1: especially Burl, when doing that solo. I didn't realize it, but I had uh, nearly sabotaged it I? because I picked up the wrong hymn book or the wrong yes song book. And so, my apologies to Burl for nearly sabotaging, but he came through like a champion. <laughs> so, we appreciate Burl and a great job that he did. Uh, today, we continue our series on heaven, and we want to ask a question that I've, that I've actually heard many people ask. And in fact, this really resonated whenever I was uh, talking with Dr. Leo Perser, great guy up at Liberty University. Uh, he came on my podcast, done an interview on my podcast, and we had. The podcast was great. The interview was great. But I think the after show conversation was even better because we started talking about heaven. We started talking about these things. And he said, You know, Brian, he said, I had some conversations with some of my students. And he said, uh, As we were talking about these things, um, you know, one of the students says, Well, all we're going to be doing is in singing and stuff like that. And that's great. But he said, I got to be honest with you. As I was driving home, I thought, Couldn't that get boring after a while? Especially if we sing those 7-11 songs. You know what I mean? Those, those songs where you have seven words and you sing it 11 times. God is a friend of mine. God is a friend of mine. God is a friend of mine. He calls me friend. Sing it again. God is a friend of mine. God is, I mean, if you sung that for a million years, wouldn't that get a little bit dull? <laughs> Amen, Pam? After a little time, wouldn't that get a little dull singing that over and over and over again? And he says, as I got to looking through Scripture... I began to realize that the scope of heaven is far greater than we can ever think or imagine. And as I was looking at Isaiah chapter 65, by the way, you can catch a lot of glimpses of heaven not only in the book of Revelation, but also in the book of Isaiah, in the book of Jeremiah. Some of these Old Testament prophets, they have visions of heaven that's absolutely fantastic. And Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 65, gives us a little glimpse Of what heaven will be like. So everybody who can and is able, we invite you to please stand for uh, for the reading and hearing of God's precious holy word. Uh, Looking at verse 17 through the end of the chapter, Isaiah is talking about this glorious new creation. And he talks about in verse 17, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. Now, the whole terminology of heaven and earth talks about a new universe. In Genesis 1-1, where it talks about God created the heavens and the earth, it's talking about God created everything that exists. Everything that exists came into being because of God. And so in Isaiah uh, 65-17, he says that God, and this is the word of the Lord speaking, uh, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. And he says, for behold, I create new Jerusalem, or I create Jerusalem as, as rejoicing, and her people a joy. And notice all the times he uses the word joy in these next few verses. Five times at least in verses 18 and 19. And her people a joy. I will rejoice in heaven, and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. Now, don't be taken too much by the symbolism used in verse 20 because we're going to describe that in a few moments. Nor shall there be an infant from there, live but a few days. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, how many of you have ever lost a child in a young age? Think about that for a moment. Won't happen in heaven. Not going to happen anymore. Okay, so we're going to look at that. Nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die 100 years old, or basically worded another way, it says the infant shall shall live past 100 years old and the sinner being 100 years old shall be accursed. There, there's, there's symbolism used there, don't take that literally. There's symbolism being used there to, to, to illustrate an important point. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat For as the days of a tree, so shall the days of my people be. In other words, trees are an example exemplified of of eternal things because, you know, a lot of trees are there thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Don't know when they were planted. A tree is a symbol of eternal life, you see. And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble. For they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. And dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt nor destroy. in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. These are the words of the Lord. And praise be the Lord for them. Dear kind of gracious Heavenly Father, we ask, Lord, that today, as we, as we talk about the wonderful heaven you've prepared for us, and what we can learn about heaven from your word. We ask, Lord, this morning that you empower me with your Holy Spirit, that you allow me to speak the words that need to be spoken and hold back any words that don't need to be spoken. And in and through it all, Lord, we ask that we would open our eyes, that we would see, our ears, that we would hear, and our hearts that will apply these truths and be better for it. For it's in Jesus' name we ask all these things. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I read a story... Of a, of a couple that was, uh, that they were 85 years old. And they were the epitome of health. Uh, they were just as healthy as you can imagine. And uh, they were, in ac- they, unfortunately they were involved in a car accident. And so they both entered the gates of heaven. And Peter was taking them on a tour, showing them their mansions. And showed them this elaborate mansion that, ha- that, that God had prepared for them. And they were looking at the mansion, and he said, "And the man says, Man, this is kind of expensive. What's the rent here, Peter? I don't know if I can afford this. Peter says, It's absolutely free. It's already been paid for. Don't cost you a thing. And he noticed that behind this house was this beautiful golf course. Eighteen holes. I mean, it was more immaculate than anything he ever seen on the PGA. Uh, the grass was cut. It was so green. It was a challenging course, and it seemed like the course itself changed every day. And he said uh, to the Peter, he says, well, man, well, my, the, the green fees must be extraordinarily expensive here. How much does it cost to play this? Peter says, you're not getting it, are you? It's free. It's all free. You can play this for free. So he took him into the clubhouse. And there before him, he saw every type of food imaginable, every delicious entree you could ever imagine. I mean, that good stuff. And so he hadn't had any of the good stuff for a long time because his wife had been making them eat these bran muffins and stuff, you see. Didn't have much taste to them. And so anyhow, he looked at this, he says, Now, Peter, my goodness, look at that. That's got to have a lot of cholesterol in it. That's got to have a lot of fat and stuff in it. Ice cream alone, my goodness, that looks heavenly itself. That's obviously got to be harmful to my body, right? He says, No, in heaven, you don't gain weight, you don't get old, you don't die. You can, Amen, Pam. We can eat as many donuts, praise God, as we want to, and we don't have to worry about our waistline. Amen, that's going to be heaven right there. But Peter says, You're not getting it. You see, all of this isn't going to affect you. This is heaven. At that time, the man got really angry with his wife. He was furious. And Peter says, Man, what's wrong with you? What's heaven? Why are you aggravated? He said, Ethel, if you hadn't forced those brand muffins on me, I could have been here ten years ago. This place is wonderful. <laughs> Often what we ask ourselves, is heaven going to be boring? But I really believe the reason we think heaven's going to be boring is because we've put a box around heaven. Because really, in all honesty, I don't think our minds—we can apprehend certain things about heaven—but I don't think we're going to be able to fully comprehend on earth the things that God has in store for us. I want you to repeat these words after me: God loves me. I want you to say it again: God loves me. Now, not everybody's saying it. Now, everybody's got to say this for it to take effect. God loves me. Now, I want you to say this. His gifts are good. Say it again. His gifts are good. Now, if we can give good gifts to one another, don't you think that the gifts that God gives us is going to be a whole lot better? The things on this, I'm just going to tell you, the things we see, the things we enjoy on this side of eternity is only a foretaste of the things that God has in store for us in heaven, And Isaiah gives us a little glimpse of this in chapter 65. I want to give you five reasons today that heaven's not going to be boring. Number one, heaven's not going to be boring because of an exciting new start. Praise God for that. Look in verse 17. Isaiah says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. The first thing that's getting a new start is creation itself. I believe, praise God, in that new creation, this new world that God creates, there's going to be no more poison oak, no more poison ivy. You can actually go out there and explore the woods in your shorts and not have to worry about it getting a rash afterwards. Amen? Guys, y'all may be able to ride your four-wheelers and not have to worry about that. I mean, beautiful mountains, you may be able to ride those things and not have to worry about any injuries or anything like that. And by that time, I may be brave enough to actually go up some of those hills. I don't know how they go up some of those hills they do. I'm not brave enough on this side of eternity, I tell you that. But you take a look at that. You just take a look at all the beautiful things. Creation itself, no mosquitoes, nothing of the sort. Creation itself is going to get a new start. But it doesn't end there. And the former shall shall not be remembered or come to mind, which means not only will creation get a new start, but you'll get a new start yourselves. How many of you, now we live in a small town, and don't get me wrong, I love a small town. I love a small community. But there's one problem about living in a small town. How many of you have ever done something wrong? You don't have to raise your hand. (laughs) I'm not calling out anybody. If you live in a small town, people will remember what you did, even if it's back from 1950. Bob, you remember back what you did in 1952? I'm not going to forget that. Well, you know what? Praise God. We try to get a fresh start on this side of eternity, but it doesn't seem like we can quite get it done. Amen? At that point in time, you're actually going to get a fresh start. Aren't you glad of that? Praise God for that. You're going to get a fresh new start, a clean new slate. The sins of yesteryear are in the past to be remembered no more. And praise God, you'll be perfect made in the image of Christ. And that means not only will we come together in perfect love in the Father, we as the church of God itself will be able to come together and unite together as a body of Christ that God has called us to be. Now, unfortunately, so many times, we have all these misunderstandings that we, we have in our lives that cause divisions in our relationships to one another. But in heaven, that's not going to be there. Praise the Lord. We'll know each other as we're known. We're going to have a relationship together that's going to be a brand new relationship. And praise the Lord, nothing, and I mean nothing, will be able to stand in the way of God's love for us and our love for one another. Aren't you glad about that? Praise the Lord. So I don't know about you, but that excites me already to know about that. To know that all my mistakes in yesteryear, they're not going to be plaguing me for all eternity. That I'll get a fresh new start. You'll get a fresh new start. It'll be a clean slate, baby, and we'll be 100% perfect. You can't go wrong with that, amen? You can't go wrong with that one bit. Number two, heaven will not be boring Because of an exciting new joy. Look at verses 18 and 19. Five times he uses the word joy. Be glad and rejoice. Notice he says there in verse 18, in what I create. Rejoice in God's creation. Uh, He also says, there Jeremiah, I'm not trying to get to you, I'm trying to get to Isaiah. Uh, For behold, I create Jerusalem as rejoicing. Her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem. My joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. That simply tells us that heaven's not going to be boring because we're going to be having too much fun having a good time. Amen? We're going, to have, we're going to be too busy having a good time to worry about being bored. And I want to tell you something. We as Christians, we can have a good time together. Amen? We don't have to curse we don't have to be drinking beers and all this stuff. We don't have to be getting high or getting stoned. We can have a good time in the Lord, amen? amen. I think the problem is a lot of times we identify doing bad things with having fun, you know, don't we? And I think that's the reason we think heaven's going to be boring because we identify all these bad things with having fun. But I want to tell you, when I first came here to Huntsville, a group of us went down to Charlotte, North Carolina. Y'all remember that? And saw a Christian comedian... We didn't have any cursing going on. We didn't have any drinking going on. We had a good time in Christ, a good time in the Lord, and man, we had a blast. You can't tell me that Christians can't have a good time. If you don't believe me, then you need to come see some of these things they do. Where they Was it bake sale? Where you put the bids on a bake sale. I, it gets interesting there. But we Christians can have a good time together, and if we can have a good time on this side of eternity, it's just a little bitty taste, just a little bitty taste, Of what awaits us on the other side. Praise God for that. And by the way, I want to tell you a lot of times we think God as being a stiff and wooden person, speaking in old English and these and thous and yees and yeas and all that stuff. One thing I've learned about God is that He has a sense of humor. For one thing, He called me to preach, that's a sense of humor enough. (laughs) That sense of humor enough. But another thing, when God called me back in the ministry, and she's not here, doggone, I was hoping she'd be here. Francis, I got a story about her, I was hoping she'd be here. When God called me to preach, I told him, Lord, I'll go anywhere you send me. I know without reservation, I'll go anywhere you send me, but I have one restriction. I don't do snake handling. I don't do snake handling. I'll go anywhere you want me to go, but I won't be handling snakes. Now, the first church I pastored after God called me to preach, guess what they found in the basement? A snake. And it wasn't long after I was here in 2013 at Huntsville Baptist Church that I remember Mr. Stillman sitting back there saying to Francis, Francis, you got a little friend underneath you. And she said, What do I have underneath me? And there was a snake. Now I didn't see it. I was outside. I remember I was outside with Bob and them, and uh, Bob dealing them. And I, all I heard this big commotion. And before I know it, I think uh, I think you were the one. Tim was the one bringing the snake out. And I thought, what in the world? A snake in worship service? So you can't tell me that God doesn't have a sense of humor. You read the parables of Jesus, and you see the wit and humor that Jesus has. Has and I, I want to tell you this: If God has that sense of humor on this side, I can't wait to see Him in person. Amen. I can't wait to see. If he has that type of love and sense of humor now, I can't imagine what heaven's going to be like. Number three, heaven won't be boring because of an exciting new health. Now, verse 20, this, this verse is the most confusing of all the verses in this passage of Scripture because it seems to imply that people die. But a closer reading of this Scripture actually indicates the opposite. First and foremost, the problem with this world is... We have a lot of sadness due to death. And the first thing we see is because, and for those of us that we had two miscarriages before we had Grayson, and the first time we had a miscarriage, you know, Jennifer knew there was something wrong, but the second one, we were, it was already being developed, and all of a sudden she went into the doctor, and they came in and said, Ms. Chilton, we're sorry, uh, we can't find a heartbeat. That one hurt. I'm going to tell you, that one hurt bad. Both of them hurt, but the second one, hurt really bad but uh, it all came to 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 a blessing because we have grace now and what a joy he is to us even though he and i drive each other crazy a lot of times what a blessing he is but anyone who's lost a child early on knows the pain and heartache that you have losing a child early on isaiah says you're never going to worry about that again because he says look here there shall never be a time when an infant from there will live but a few days You're never going to have to worry about a young child dying in birth. You're never going to have to worry about a young child dying for whatever case may be because that's not going to happen in heaven. Amen? And praise God for that. But he also says, uh, nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. In other words, this is giving another illustration of a person who has worked hard their life. They've worked to to build a nice home, a nice family. Maybe they're preparing for retirement, but suddenly they die you know they they never maybe they've prepared for retirement but they've never been been able to enjoy the retirement or maybe they've worked hard they've provided a nice home for their family they've provided a nice place for their family but suddenly they die just like Mr. Linderman died at 40 years old in heaven that'll never happen is what he's saying Because in heaven you can work with your hands and see the completion, the fulfillment of what you do for the Lord in heaven. And that's a wonderful thing to consider. Thirdly, we see that uh, nor would the child shall live only 100 years, but the sinner being 100 years old shall be accursed. Now, what he's simply saying is this. He's using an illustration to make a point that individuals who don't live a long life will be considered to be cursed in this new creation the reason for that is because the people in the new creation will live eternally. There'll never be a time where anybody dies in this new creation, and the only people who, who experiences this second death are the individuals who are in hell. Uh, we see in the lake of fire, they're the ones who are considered to be accursed of God because they've rejected the salvation that God has freely given to humanity. So we see this, we see this depiction here, and, and we understand, understand this. In fact, you know, I love weightlifting. I've been weightlifting for all my life, but I'm coming to a point, I was, in, I was working out the other day, and I love doing the squats. That's probably my favorite lift. And I did, and I tweaked my knee. I was like, ooh, I had to stop right then and there. And I'm thinking, to myself, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this like I used to, <laughs> you know. I, I, my mind tells my body I can do these things, but my body is beginning to realize, ooh, I can't do what I used to be able to do. In fact, Dr. Purser said, he told me, Having to on the phone, he said, "Brian, he said, you know, I'm. I think he said he's late fifties. He said I'm in my late fifties, but he said if I knew in my twenties what I know now, and I had the body I had in my twenties, I'd be a dangerous man. How many other people can say that? What only oh, that we could go back and have the body we had as a twenty-year-old and have the knowledge that we have now? Man, we would be we would be dangerous people, wouldn't we? We really would." But in, in heaven, you're not going to have to worry about knee pain or joint pains. You're not going to have to worry about back problems. You're not going to have to worry about eye problems. You're not going to have to worry about diabetes or heart failure or, or, or lung problems or anything like that because these new bodies are going to be bodies that will never, and I mean never, die. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to try that thing out. Anybody else that way? I can't wait to see what that's going to be like to have a new body that'll never grow old, that'll never hurt. I don't know about you, but heaven does not sound boring at all. Number 4, we see that heaven won't be boring because of an exciting new work. Now, when I say work, I'm not talking about any type of How many of you have ever had a job you absolutely hated? Anybody else, you can stick them on up there. Anybody else, have, have, has, if you've ever had a job you've absolutely hated, you, can't, you couldn't stand that job. Several hands went up. That's not going to be the type of job you have in heaven, praise the Lord. Every one of us, we have to understand that work itself is a form of worship unto the Lord. Did you know that? The Bible says, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. If you're working, don't work... Don't just work for your employer. Do your work for the glory of the Lord because that's who you're truly working for. Now, let's be honest. All of us have different things we enjoy. Now, first of all, we see in this passage of Scripture, and let me just move through this as we go through this. Verse 21, we see that the people will build houses and live in them. I believe, I don't know that necessarily that's talking literally about houses, but who knows, maybe it is. I think in heaven... Those who enjoy building things with their hands will have an opportunity to build things with your hands. God made us into creative people, and I don't see any reason to think that we're not going to do great things with our hands working in heaven in this new creation for the Lord. Secondly, Isaiah notes that we'll plant vineyards and actually eat their fruit. This indicates that there's no crime in heaven. You don't have to worry about building something only to have somebody else take it away from you. You don't have to worry about doing something only to have someone else destroy it. It's not going to happen in heaven because there's no sin in heaven. And fourthly, we see uh, uh, that, uh, or thirdly, we see that God says His chosen ones or His elect would fully enjoy the work of their hands. Work is not a bad thing. Now, I know a lot of times. We wake up in the morning and say, work, oh man, what's work? Oh, I don't want to work, I don't want to do anything. But work is actually a form of worship. That's what the Bible describes. The things we do for the Lord is actually a form of worship. But I am going to tell you this, not all of us are alike. Amen? Not all of us are alike. So not all of us are going to enjoy doing the same things. And you know what, that's okay, because that's exactly the way God made us. Now, last time I went to Liberty, I went into the Jerry Falwell Library. That place has thousands and thousands and thousands of books, four stories, a biblical museum. Man, I could stay there a month, day and night, and be just perfectly fine. Now, Jennifer, I love her to death. That's not her form of heaven. To her, she said before, that looks like chaos. (laughs) Too much clutter for her. You know, for me, I enjoy being in the books. For her, that's not her thing, but that's okay. That doesn't mean one's right and the other's wrong. Now, she loves doing home project, projects, you know, building things and beautifying things in the home, whereas I would rather be beaten the head with a balled-up sock than do that. I mean, because that's just not my thing. But, you know, I believe in heaven. There's going to be something for everyone to enjoy. There's going to be work for everyone to enjoy. There are going to be things that you're going to enjoy. There are going to be some things that other people are going to enjoy. We're not created the same. We're not meant to be exactly the same. But God has something for you in heaven to enjoy. Something that you are going to absolutely love to do. And that's when we talk about work. That's exactly what we're talking about. And I'm telling you, if you love your work, it's not really work, is it? (laughs) It's having fun. You know, if, 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 you, if you love painting a picture, that's not really work. But that'll be the type of thing you do to worship God. If you love singing songs, that'll be what you do in heaven. That's, that'll be things that you can enjoy doing in heaven. Whatever your hands find to do, whatever you enjoy what, as God has created you to be, you're going to see your ultimate fulfillment in heaven. And they would also see that, in, fourthly, in verse 23... The worker is described as one that would be successful in all that he strives to do. Now, I realize I have been blessed to be able to go into the, to the Ph.D. program, and I understand not everybody, ha- not everybody desires to do that. Not everybody has had the opportunity to do that. And I understand that a lot of times, many of us, you know, I look back and I wish. I think to myself, I wish I had done this in my 20s instead of waiting until I turned 40 to do this. It would have been a whole lot easier if I had done it earlier. But a lot of times, we all have desired to do things in life. And maybe things haven't quite worked out the way we thought they would. How many, how many of you in here today, life has worked out exactly as you hoped it would whenever you were a kid? Anybody like that? Well, Chad, even might be... <laughs> outside of Chad, anybody else, life has worked out perfectly as you thought it would. You've done everything you've wanted to do in life. Not hardly. Amen? I mean, not hardly. I mean, not hardly for any of us. I mean, because we have in our minds as teenagers, man, if I get out of this high school, I'm going to want to, I am want to do this, this, and this. I'm going to become a multi-millionaire. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to have all this stuff together. Life just didn't quite work out that way, did it? In heaven... You see, here on this earth, we get a foretaste of who God has created us to be. In heaven, we will experience the fulfillment of who God has called us to be. You'll actually get to do the things that God has created you to be. And friend, that's not work. That's having fun. Amen? That's having fun. And man, I can't wait. The more I study about heaven, the more I see these things, the more I realize, man, heaven's not going to be dull and boring. Man, it's going to be an exciting place with all kinds of stuff to do, all kinds of stuff to see. And so the final point is this. God describes this close relationship that he has with his people in, uh, in verse 23. He talks about, um, excuse me, verse 24. It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. Can you imagine if you worked a job somewhere and you're a boss man? Before you ever run out of the supplies you needed, your boss men came and gave you what you needed to complete the task before you even asked for it. Man, Jamie, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> you know, before you even run out of this certain material, he comes and brings you exactly what you need before you even ask. You see, God has this close-knit relationship with us that he knows what we need before we even ask for it. And what a wonderful place heaven's going to be for that, for that very reason. And, that, and last but certainly not least, I'd have to say to you today, that heaven will not be boring because of an exciting new adventure. Look at this. The wolf and lamb shall feed together. A wolf who's a predator is actually going to lie down with a lamb that it feeds upon. You actually see a a lion, instead of eating other animals, eat straw like an ox. You see, dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall neither hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountains, says the Lord. You know what this tells me? We're afraid, and I'm going to be honest with you. First to admit, I haven't been anywhere in my life. In fact, some people have had all these adventures going to all these different places in the world. In fact, they had this thing on Facebook where you fill out all the places you've been. Mine was absolutely pitiful. (laughs) I think you could have put on one hand the amount of places I've been in my life. It was just that pitiful. But you know, a lot of times we haven't been able to travel and do the things we want to do. But I really believe in heaven, we have an all-new creation that's to be explored. In fact, Dr. Purser even said, and I think he's right, that we could think of heaven as being this limitless universe where you never run out of places to see where you never run out of places to explore, where there's always somewhere where you can go and journey and find something new and find something interesting to do. In fact, I love astronomy. And I've even taken that telescope and I've looked up and I've even spotted Saturn with all of its rings around it. And I've spotted Jupiter with that big red circle in the middle. And I've looked at these places and i thought to myself, man, how nice it would be To be able to actually go and see that in person. Go close to that planet and actually see it in person. Now I know I physically can't. But there's nothing to say that in the new creation we couldn't. Amen? I even one time, by, by accident, I haven't been able to find it since, actually found the Andromeda Galaxy and, and seen this galaxy. It looked like a, a, an egg in the way it was shaped, and saw this distant galaxy and thought to myself, man, can you imagine all the worlds and all the places there are to see out in that place? There's no reason for us to think that heaven won't be full of great adventures because what we experience and enjoy on this side of eternity is but a foretaste. Of the things awaiting us in heaven. So is heaven going to be boring? (laughs) Absolutely not. The problem is, you know, see, I I found what I think the problem is. And and, and I'm guilty of this. In fact, I've been very guilty of this and I admit that to you. The problem is, is we try to often put God in a box. But just the moment you try to put God in a box, guess what? He pops right out of that thing. And we do the very same thing to heaven. We try to have a cookie-cutter example of what we think heaven's going to be like, but I want to tell you that even what we imagine even now as we've gone through Isaiah 65 and look at this description of heaven, that's not even enough to describe the heaven that awaits us. You see, this this is kind of like the problem we have when we think of heaven. I've... uh, on my podcast, I bought this mixer to try to help interviews because the last interview I did is, is kind, of, kind of a glare to the sound. So I, I, I'm trying to learn how to use this mixer. And I'm going to tell you, it's been a trial and error, mostly error. about deafing myself one time trying to figure this thing out. Uh, it obviously didn't, didn't go right the first time I tried it. But I noticed that there was this little plug that went in my phone. And it was supposed there was a right size jack that was supposed to get in my phone. I thought, what is wrong with this thing? Why is it not going in there? So I finagled it and I tried to maneuver and I tried to poke it in there. And I thought, I need to get a longer jack to go in there. But they didn't have any. They didn't sell anything anywhere. And I thought, what is wrong with this thing? Why is it not going in? And then it hit me. Oh, yeah, dummy. You got it in a case. Take it out of the case. And guess what? It fits perfectly. The problem is so many times, not only when we think of God, but when we think of heaven, we've tried to put a case around it. But I want to tell you, heaven is far more than we ever think or imagine it ever could be. In fact, Paul even tells us in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, he says this, he says, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human heart has conceived, God has prepared these things for those who love him. So even the description I give you today is not adequate to describe the exciting experiences we're going to have in heaven. Even the things as we've mentioned throughout this series is not adequate to describe the glories awaiting us on the other side. So I answer this question to you today. Not only is heaven not going to be boring, it's going to be far more exciting, it's going to be far more joyful it's going to be far more loving than we could ever think or ever conceive or ever imagine. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me tell you here today, if, let me ask, and just simply say, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you to come and receive Him today. What are you waiting for? Just to think that we have this glorious new place awaiting us on the other side that Jesus has prepared just for us. And wants us to be there, desires us to be there. He's made this place for us to enjoy and for us to experience. If you're here today and you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior. And made Him the Lord of your life. I want to encourage you to come down and receive Him today. Maybe you're here today and maybe you're struggling with some issues. Maybe you're concerned about some things that's happened this past week. We encourage you to lay all those worries and concerns at the foot of the cross. Maybe you'd like to come and join the ministry of Huntsville Baptist Church. Whatever God is saying and doing in your heart and your life, we just ask you to come and obey as the Spirit calls. Dear kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for your word and the powerful truths found therein. We thank you for Isaiah and his wonderful ministry that he had on this this side of eternity. And we thank you for the, the obvious of the wonderful things that I'm sure he's even doing in heaven as he's worshiping you and, and, and rejoicing with you even now. And Lord we just ask this morning that, that you allow those truths that you spoke through your prophet to penetrate our lives this morning to help us to realize heaven's not going to be a boring place. It's going to be a place full of excitement. Motion for thing of all.
0: The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of BellatorChristy.com or its affiliates. The Bellator Christi Podcast is a production of BellatorChristy.com and is protected under Creative Commons Copyright All rights reserved. The theme song is Crucified, written by John and Kayla Lemonese, performed by Crosby Lane, and produced by Mansion Entertainment.
2: Who is God? What is he like? How can we know? The answers you give to these questions will have a tremendous impact on your worship, discipleship, apologetics, and evangelism. Faulty ideas about God are permeating both the church and the culture. It's time to get back to the basics of understanding the existence and nature of the God who is. Marking the 25th year of this annual event. Southern Evangelical Seminaries National Conference on Christian Apologetics returns to Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina with an all-star lineup of some of the finest Christian minds in the world to explore this incredibly important topic. Join us October 12-13, 2018 at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Among the 65 speakers at the event include Ravi Zacharias of RZIM, Josh McDowell of Josh McDowell Ministries, Chip Ingram of Living on the Edge, Gary Habermas of Liberty University, Natasha Crane, Richard Land, and many, many more. Ticket prices before August 1st are $75 for adults, $45 for students. After August 1st, the tickets go up to $85 for adults, $55 for regular price. Save an extra 5% per ticket when you register by May 1st. Group, homeschool, Christian school, and skeptic discounts are available call for details by dialing 1-800-77-TRUTH extension 201 once again that's 1-800-77-TRUTH extension 201 or go to conference.ses.edu the 25th anniversary of the National Conference on Christian Apologetics will be October 12th and 13th at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina hope to see you there
3: Some say, the best Bible translation is the one that's most literal, word for word, through and through. But there's not always a direct English translation of ancient words. So others say the best Bible translation should favor readability, thought for thought, holding on to the same meaning. But we can all agree that the very best Bible translation is one you trust and one that you want to read. One that stirs your heart and moves you to share its truth. The Christian Standard Bible has been shown to be an optimal blend of accuracy and readability compared to other leading translations. The very best balance, faithfulness to the original text, and clear language that connects to the heart. After all, it's not so much about changing your Bible translation, but about seeing the Bible change your life. Point your heart to True North, the Christian Standard Bible.
1: The Christian Standard Bible is the official translation of bellatorchristi.com. Go pick up your translation of the CSB today.
0: Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our great nation was built on these simple principles. So was our university. Find your greatness at Liberty. Online or on campus, discover more at liberty.edu. It's the difference between a job and a career.